Hi, how are you? You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Learning how to read can be painful for both child and adult. After all, most of us can't remember learning how to read. Probably it was quite challenging. So how can we support our children in their first year of learning how to read? Dr. Joanne Orlando is an expert in early childhood education, especially in the sphere of the digital world, but she also knows a lot about the first year of school. Hi, Jo. Welcome. Hello. So fitting in time to do home readers can be challenging for parents, particularly if they're working. They pick their kids up, they're home, and then it seems like it's dinner and bedtime. When's the best time to do these readers with your kids? Yeah, good question. So you don't want it to be at the most stressful time because then you just get cranky and your child gets frustrated because, you know, they're learning to read. It's super exciting. They know it's really important. So work it out. Maybe it's not every day. Maybe it's three times a week or even twice a week. But I think a good time to do that is to work out your schedule and work out when is a quiet 10 minutes. So maybe it's in the car with the child in the back seat, maybe sometimes, but you do want to see them point to the words and, you know, make sure they're pointing to the right words. Or it could be in the morning over breakfast. It doesn't have to be after school when everyone's, you know, tired, Um, but every family is different. But it is really important that you spend at least a couple of goes each week listening to them. Uh, I used to be a teacher a while ago and, and, you know, the kids would say, oh, my mum didn't have time to listen to me this week. You know, it's quite shameful on their behalf uh, and they feel pretty, you know, down about that. So they need you to watch them. They need your attention. They need you to see that what they're doing is important to acknowledge it. There's lots of things there that they need from you, apart from the reading bit. Um, It's your acknowledgement and your pride in them. So speaking as a former teacher... Those readers can be pretty boring, (laughs) pretty appalling. Um, And is there any way around that? Or is it just, look, just buck up, do the reader, get on with it? Sometimes those readers can just take like 60 seconds, yeah, uh, especially (laughs) early in the year where they're just learning. And, yeah, those they can be super, super boring. When they get to be reading a bit better, they get a little bit better. But don't just rely all your child's learning to read on those readers. Get books out. You know, read things online. Read signs when you go shopping. You know, read road signs. Read headlines in a magazine that you might have on the table. The more experience they get reading, the better. Now, they're not going to be able to read the article in the magazine, but just point to some words that, you know, the child will know. You know, that's all part of it. So they're learning to read. But the more you can take those words in that maybe boring reader and find them in their environment, you know, on shop signs or whatever, and point them out, that's what makes a difference to their reading. So they know, you know, they can read, you know, my name is or um, come inside the door, something like that. You can see those kinds of words everywhere. So they can apply their knowledge to reading that word in different places. And that's how kids learn to read. What about games? Like, are there any games that you think are great for learning words? Yeah. So you think of learning words in different ways. So you're learning the sound of the word, so the verbal, okay? You're learning the written word, so reading signs, and then you're learning to write the word. 
So any games that have any of those elements. So we often think of I Spy. Yeah, it starts with a particular letter. Yeah, but, you know, we can only play so much I Spy, can't we? <laughs> yes. We only can. I always think the best – there's a couple of really good tips that I would give. I have um, think one of the best ways to teach a child to learn to read is through writing. Okay, so you can write a different ways. They can draw a picture at home and then they just write what it's about. And at the beginning, they'll just use squiggly lines and all kinds of things that don't really look like letters. And then you just get them to read that to you. That's exactly the first step. And then those squiggly lines will start to turn into just random letters. Great. You know, they're making progress. Still get them to read those words to you. And you'll see over time that they'll start using the right letters and probably not spell it right, but you know, it's coming along. So that's one way. I think another way is to get them onto a keyboard. Okay. With, it might be a laptop, it might be an iPad and there's a whole lot of letters, you know, on that keyboard. (laughs) So, you know, make it big font, make it colorful font. Let, just let them type away, type away. After time, um, you know, they've had a few goes of that. Get them to show them one of the letters. This is letter E. Type E and some other letters, E and some other letters. So you can see they're continually looking at their keyboard and what they're doing is they're looking at all the letters and they're picking out which one is E. That's learning to read. Then you might get them to do two letters, E and T. You can see how it goes on. You wouldn't do it all in one day. This is over, you know, a few days and then you continuously bring in new letters and then you might show them how to write their name on a keyboard, um, all the while making it fun, changing the kind of font or showing them how to do it, changing the colour, changing the size of the font. So they're actually learning to read through writing and using the keyboard. And that's a really accessible way of doing it too. And probably one people wouldn't think about because they're like, oh no, stay away from the screens. Mm. But then they are, keyboards are going to be part of their life as well. Yeah. And um, in terms of books, other books that you might get out if you can't stand the readers too much. Um, are, are you looking at just like the picture books you would normally read to them before they've started learning to read or does it matter what kind of books you're reading to them? Uh, no, it doesn't matter, but you just don't want the writing to be too difficult. So just because something is a picture book doesn't mean that the writing's simple. You know, sometimes they get really complicated. So just have a look through and make sure there's not too much writing. There might be just a couple of sentences per page. And how it works is if if you're reading this book to your child, say you've read it, you know, 20 times, 30 times, then, all right, if your child's around that four-year-old mark, maybe five-year-old mark, change your tack when you're reading it and start to point to the words and get your child to point with you. So see, you're starting to pick out the different words. So what they see is just a stream of letters But in pointing to the words, you start to differentiate. That's a word. That's the next word. So you point to it and get them to do it with you. And then after a while, you'll read it and get them to point to the words without your help. So it's just these step-by-step strategies. Get them to, you know, they'll probably know it off by heart. So they can say it off by heart, but they're also pointing to the words. You can see over time that can that those sorts of skills are really really important to learning new words learning new stories they're always this sort of preliminary reading so they're not actually reading but they need all these sort of warm up exercises to be able to start reading in the first year of school oh fabulous <laughs> 
There's lots of things there we can apply. Easy. <laughs> Thank you very much. Joe. thanks for coming in. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. That's Dr. Joanne Orlando. She is an expert in early childhood education, especially in the digital sphere. She also has a new online course called Tech Clever Parents. We'll pop a link to it on our website. Just head to babyology.com.au forward slash feedplaylove. When you have a new baby, sleep can be a distant memory. For many couples, it's a stay-at-home parent who takes on the night-settling duties as the other goes to work. But is that really fair? No matter what's going on, we have to just keep picking up the pieces where at work, if you're unwell, you can actually call in sick or do something different or get a break. But at home, that doesn't play out. That's Ginny Lindsay, a psychotherapist at From 2 to 3 Counselling. She's got some great tips on how to negotiate a happy outcome. That's on the next episode of Feed, Play, Love. This podcast is produced by Elise Cooper and hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt.